Chronicles of Leadership Chapter 4 First Weeks at Ermston John Keane resumes his narration In my first weeks at Ermston, I met up with Tony Scrivener, the organiser of poetry sessions at the Globe. He eats at the communal staff student refectory most mornings before the rush starts. He is often in deep conversation with one of his students. She is a particularly attractive young undergraduate whose name I now know is Hudson Bay. Scrivener is one of the university's media celebrities, appearing on regional TV, enthusing about cultural and artistic topics as varied as faith healing, musicology, pornography and, of course, poetry. I did wonder whether he was intent on sharing more than his scholarly knowledge with Miss Bay, but later decided it was a perfectly innocent way of meeting. Otherwise, why choose such a public place? One morning he was eating alone. I took the table next to him and we fell into discussion. He told me that he'd been on a musical retreat over the weekend. He explained how mastery of a musical instrument is a means of sustaining religious faith. He was on his fifth instrument, but I never found out how many epiphany he had experienced. He enjoys introducing topics about which he knows a lot and listeners tend to know very little. He introduced himself as Tony Scrivener, Jack of all trades. I remembered the phrase. I pressed home an advantage showing I knew about his poetic interests, as in John Collier's epitaph which can still be found on his tombstone in the churchyard in Rochdale. Ah, yes, indeed, he exclaimed. So you know about our interest in the great man and Tim Bobbins. Maybe you looked up his history. Well done. Well done, indeed. We shall discuss this later, perhaps in the dialect which is part of the charm of his writings. Our discussion was interrupted by the arrival of Hudson Bay. Scrivener's body language suggested I was holding up a meeting to which I had not been invited. They headed out of the cafeteria. I decided I might have to revise my conclusion about the relationship between Scrivener and at least one of his female students. How sad, the appeal of the overweight minor celebrity to impressionable undergraduates. I looked up Scrivener later on the university intranet. He's a senior tutor in humanities and a member of the vice-chancellor's leadership team. The morning meetings are probably about breakfast with tutorials. Probably. Possibly. A week later, the same day, the same place, I arrived a little earlier than usual. Each morning brings me the pleasure of experiencing the vast differences in texture and taste of the fried egg and crispy bacon which I choose with such care from the self-service counter. The dining room was nearly empty. Scrivener arrived, acknowledged my presence, but deliberately chose a different table closer to the entrance doors. He had hardly settled before he jumped up again and hurried to the entrance of the room. The figure I glimpsed was very tall, wiry, Dark hair in a footballer's ponytail. He was older than most of the students. My view of what happened next was blocked as Scrivener scurried from the room. I had caught my first glimpse of Dando Llewellyn, 
a student leader and something of a celebrity at Ermston. He is a campus firebrand, daring even to take on the vice-chancellor at formal meetings, something the mere faculty members shrink from doing. He's also a member of Scrivener's Poetry Society. In the process of watching his departure, I had noticed that my egg had been on the frisky side and some of its contents had splattered over my tie. The successful removal of egg yolk from fabrics involved rather difficult enzyme-based chemistry. And I have misplaced my other tie. I'm considering not wearing a tie at breakfast in future. <laughs>